let me tell you about a life-changing elixir of the gods. I'm talking about Strava Craft Coffee. I'm telling you it will change your life. If you're like me and you drink a lot of coffee, you have noticed those negative side effects. I don't even get jittery that much, but it happens. It can mess with your stomach. It can make you feel run down later on. You can have the crash. As much as we love our coffee, we know all of these things are going to come with it. But you know what? Not with Strava. It has changed my life. It has made me a far more productive and awake and less shaky person as I deal with whatever I've got to deal with throughout the day. Some of these people on Twitter, grab that Strava. It's rich in CBD. It's great coffee that you can purchase in either K-Cups for your Keurig. You can get whole bean, you can ground it yourself, or you can get it ground. Whatever way you take your coffee, they will ship it to you. It's delicious. There's all kinds of different uh, flavors that you can get, and it's good for you. It's actually good for you. I can personally vouch for the health benefits of CBD-infused products, particularly Strava Craft Coffee, that can really help to set uh, my equilibrium. It's good for you. You can try it if you want down at Carbon Cafe and Bar Drip Denver, Slow High Coffee, uh, the Blue Sparrow Coffee, and Max Market. It's non-psychoactive, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to worry about any of the things that you may have heard uh, about what this crazy CBD stuff is. Is it marijuana? No, it's not any of those things. It's not psychoactive. Uh, you're not going to feel weird or different. It doesn't affect you that way. It's just something that isn't going to give you all of the terrible things that you can oftentimes get from regular coffee. And it's going to help with things like long-term migraines. It's helped me a great deal. Decreasing anxiety. Again, I can personally vouch for this. Arthritis, I get, I get achy. I, I've, I've been a tall guy for a very long time. I had a bad back issues. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not making this up because they're a sponsor, though it's awesome and we love them. Strava Craft Coffee is phenomenal for all of these things. So remember to purchase online for 20% off using code DNVR20. And go in the air, deep right center go. field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, he'll watch it go out. Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 18 Colorado locations or go online to mygreensolution.com. Use the promo code DNVR20 and you will get 20% off your entire purchase. 
I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. And on this episode of the show, we have got a lot of baseball to talk about. There have been three games played since last I was able to share my insights with you. I did do a little bit of recording, uh, to pull the curtain back a bit, after the game uh, against the Rangers. Uh, you may have heard me get into a little bit of how good Antonio Senzatella looked, and so I won't rehash that. <clears throat> but I do have a few observations from that game and from uh, the split squad situation that I witnessed, well, half of today, because I cannot be in two places at once. And I was really bummed that I could not be in two places at once and considered uh, driving more or less 50 minutes out of my way to Camelback to watch Brendan Rodgers make his return to the baseball diamond. That's the story I want to begin with today. As much as it was fun to be in Scottsdale at Salt River Fields and watch the Colorado Rockies absolutely put a shellacking on the Royals, and I'll get to that. And in fact, there was a lot of good inside of that game, including the pitching and the defense in that game I, I think provided a little bit more insight about positional battles and what we're going to see moving forward. But who cares right now? Come on. It's still early March. Let's. I hope we're all still in inspirational mode. I hope we're all still in hope springs eternal mode. And I hope everyone got the chance to read my one-on-one -on -one conversation with Brendan Rogers because I, I really was struck by just how invigorating it was to be around him in this moment when, you know, he knew he was going to play really, really soon. He knew it wasn't official, so he couldn't tell me, except with his eyes and his body language and everything that he was saying, this was a guy who was about to get back on the diamond after eight months of grueling, grueling physical therapy off-season workouts. You can read about it a bit in the article. Some of the things he said he wants to accomplish this year, but he got back out there, played DH, got a couple of base hits. Uh, the first one, you know, going the opposite way, uh, line drive. I think actually they both went the opposite way. <clears throat> Solid line drives. Nothing super fancy. He didn't play in the field. So, like I said, in terms of baseball analysis, there's not a ton you can do here. The swing looked fine. He looked healthy. He looked confident. He didn't look like he was holding back or there was any kind of question. He looked like the Brendan Rodgers who I watched in Grand Junction and who I saw in film when he was tearing up double A. And he looked like a guy who could very quickly become a contributor to the major league roster. I also sp spoke, Spock, <laughs> easy for you to say, I spoke with trainer Keith Duggar today and we talked about Brendan and how much he wanted to get back and how he's going to want to do everything and how they're going to need to make sure that you know he stays within himself doesn't try to push it too much because he's trying to get back but just how elated he was how impressed he was with the work that's been put in uh, with the focus on taking care of his body in particular and, you know, this is something where I think it's fair to make a distinction. We've talked on this podcast a lot about the injuries to David Dahl over the years. And in many ways, these two players have similar resumes where 
the talent just explodes off the page at you. And the only blemish on the resumes so far has been these injuries. Now, Rodgers didn't have the most impressive of, you know, the first 81 at-bats in the big leagues, but that's such a small sample size for anybody. And especially a guy just, you know, trying to break through. And one of the things that Doogie told me was, you know, we think he's been fighting for that. He'd been fighting through that for quite a while. It had been an issue for him. We don't, we don't know how long it had been there. It started to affect him, and we knew we could play through it. And then we knew eventually he was going to have to have surgery, but he could still play through it to some degree. And then it just, it just got way too bad, and it was time to shut it down and, and get it done. So who knows to what extent the less-than-lofty numbers at the big leagues had to do with the fact that the kid wasn't going to put himself, himself on the shelf before getting a chance to play in the big leagues. And I mean, put yourself in his shoes. Are you going to say, you know, they're giving me the call, but I'm not sure my shoulder's 100%, so I'm going to shut it down and not make my major league debut? I, <laughs> I don't think very many of us would do that. But, you know, all of this is just building into a picture now for me of a guy who's got it all there. The other difference, though, has been, as I pointed out many times with David Dahl, his injuries have nothing to do with each other and nothing to do with anything. They are the freakest, most random ass injuries. They're not because his body wasn't strong enough. His body gave out on him over a long haul of games. Um, it does sound like, in Rogers' own words, that's what happened to Brendan a little bit, that he needed to take better care of his body. He needed to understand, and he gets into detail about that in the article. That was never Dahl's issue. It's never been Dahl's issue. That guy's in ridiculous shape and, and, and has been taking care of his body pretty well for a while. He just, he just needs the dice to roll his way and to not run into a teammate or catch a, a cleat on a, on a piece of grass or foul a ball off of his foot. Like, those are not things that have anything to do with whether or not you're taking care of your body. So I think this was a good contrast to show someone on the other side where I'm not making that argument, who has been injury-prone a little bit so far in his career, and he's, and he's taking responsibility for that. And I mean, not that anyone ever deserves to get hurt, because that's, that's obviously not what I'm saying, but he, he's being very proactive now about putting himself into the best possible position to stay on the diamond. And I, I think that could be really, really big for this club. Those of you who only saw him at the major league level last year will be shocked if his talent is finally able to show through at the major league level. Other things that took place in that game, a little bit less interesting. Peter Lambert did get knocked around a little bit, just didn't have his command today. I had that game up on the computer while I was watching uh, the game in front of me, so I was <clears throat> not fully focused, I suppose, probably on either of them, <laughs> which is not the best case to be in. Rarely do I report on two baseball games at once. But Lambert looked um, off, but not in any kind of sustainable or worrisome or troubling way. He just couldn't really locate his fastball, and rather than go to his other pitches, which is something you would do in a major league game, uh, he was just bound and determined to locate his fastball. And he walked a couple of guys, gave up a couple of hits, but it was also pretty clear 
he was working on that. He wasn't going to give in too much. And all told, two runs on four hits over a couple of innings. You don't love it. You, you, there's no reason to hate it at this point. Um, I still think that Peter Lambert has a really good chance to win that fifth rotation spot, but I do think it's going to be a very tight battle between him, Jeff Hoffman, and Chichi Gonzalez, who also pitched today, and I'll get to that. Um, but Hoffman, I think, still has the slight edge because of the option situation, but that's a very slight edge. Both Peter Lambert and Chichi Gonzalez could pitch well enough to take that spot from him, but they haven't quite yet. Now, Chi-Chi looked good today. Let me jump over. I'll get back to the game. I'll make this as confusing for you as it was for me today. Now we're leaving the loss from the White Sox, and we're going over to Scottsdale just so I can talk about the other starter. Uh, Chi-Chi Gonzalez looked very, very solid. He gave up three singles in three innings of work. He struck out three, which is good for him. If he's striking out a batter an inning, then he's doing real well. He's, he's not going to sit in that level. But when he is... That tells you that his slider today was working in particular. He talked to us, uh, again, I've explained this before, in the middle of the game, not afterward, about that becoming a reliable out pitch for him, uh, him being able to get more swings and misses, but him remaining efficient and, and competing and being able to eat up innings and even being able to do things like stay in warm when your team is out there scoring eight runs in an inning and then go out and pitch and not, you know, give it all back or feel rusty or start walking dudes and not walking people to, you know, back to the point with Lambert, you, you, he's got to stop that. You, you, no matter where you're at, you know, and I, you're working on things and that's cool and that's good, but Peter Lambert as a profile just cannot have high walk totals. He needs to keep that down, down, down. And, and the same thing would be true of Chichi Gonzalez, but it just is. Like, the, when he's at his issues, walks have not been a part of them. He looked very good today. He was locating. Uh, he was showing exactly the kind of pitcher that he can be. Not dominant stuff. Not, not absolutely blowing guys away, but very, very solid outing for Chichi Gonzalez. Uh, while we're staying on the pitching, let's go back over to the loss to the White Sox, the man who first relieved Peter Lambert is the man who has maybe grabbed my eyes now as, as much as anybody on the mound. Ryan Rollison early, that, that got me excited. That got me going. Uh, we haven't seen as much of him. But Philip Deal, he might mess around and make this team. Now, a couple of things happened today. Bud Black told us this morning that Ben Bowden will not be ready to go for a month. That sucks. Um I really wanted to see Ben. I think he's got a chance to be a great pitcher. It sucks for him. This is very similar to like what happened to Josh Fuentes a year ago. If you'll recall, he'd had a phenomenal year in uh, AAA. In fact, I think he had been the PCL player of the year. If Patrick Lyons was here, he, he would know for 100% sure. And then showed up at spring training with, you know, one of those, could this guy make the team? This is a really interesting spot for him. He had such a great year at AAA. He's on the cusp. And then he missed almost all of spring training when he got hurt. And the same thing with Ben Bowden here. Huge bummer. Uh, but, you know, it sounds like he'll be at least ready to get back into some games 
in a month or so. He won't have had a spring training, so they'll, they'll have to do some stuff with him before getting him back out there in AAA. But he will not be a factor to begin the season. That pretty much boils our lefty reliever battle down to four names. And first, I've still got James Pazos. He hasn't pitched as much this spring. He's pitched some, and he's pitched well. He's pitched good. He was good last year. There are peripherals. I'm, I've promised you an article on Pazos, and I've been working on it. i got a lot of things uh, working on right now, too. One-on-one with Brian McMahon. Had a one-on-one with Kyle Freeland talking about Ubaldo Jimenez. That one's probably going to move to the front of the line. That was a really fun conversation. But Philip Deal is in a pretty comfortable second place here in my mind. Now, Tim Collins and then Jake McGee the other guys in here and we know the Jake McGee situation and why he might have an advantage because of the contract and the even the resume and some other things but Philip Deal came to play this young man is not messing around he's thrown over four innings I think it's 4.2 he struck out more guys than anybody else in spring he's at nine out of I think the 12 batters that he has faced, and he had this moment today where he got the first two guys in his inning pretty well quick, and he was just throwing pills. I mean, he was he did not miss his spot. He threw a couple of absolutely perfect pitches, both fastballs, and I wasn't sure if it was a cutter or a slider. I didn't have the info on me. I was just looking at the pitch, that horizontal cut action, and he was keeping it at the knees, and it was just a thing of beauty. And he was starting it outside the zone to righties away from them and breaking it back into the zone just at the knees or breaking it inside. And then he had a slider that was falling down right off of the table. And, and he just messed up the first two hitters with that. And then Edwin Encarnacion came up. And you're like, okay, now here's big righty who just feasts on lefties and and deal is at his issues with righties in particular and now you're thinking okay three batter minimum rule all right philip you know maybe back in the day you coming out here and making all these lefties look ridiculous would have been a path to the big leagues but in 2020 might not be anymore what do you got his first pitch just barely missed. It was, it, was a, it was a slider low. It was a great pitch, and Carnacion just laid off of it. You, you don't necessarily want to groove one first pitch to this guy. He threw him a good one. Carnacion beat him with the pitch. Second one was a fastball outside just a little bit. Third one, I think, was the only pitch I saw him make where he missed his spot. He just he, he just let go. It was, a, it was an early release, uh, so the ball flew arm side. It was up and away out of the zone, ball three. Came back with a good fastball to get back into the strike zone that Encarnacion went ahead and took. Then he challenged him with one. He came up and in, and Encarnacion turned on it and hit it about 700 feet, but it went way foul. And I'm not sure it was a pitch that you could have kept fair. I'm not 100% sure it would have been a strike, but it was a good challenge fastball on a 3-1 count up and in. So now he's gone from 3-0 back to a full count against this hitter, broke off a slider in the dirt. Ugly swing from one of the best power hitters in the game. See you later. Philip Deal is locked in. Keep your eye on that kid. Uh, He may be the best path toward a replacement 
for Jake McGee if that's something that you're, you know, looking for. Travel back with me now over to Scottsdale at the game I was watching live to a similar thing going on. I, I mentioned, you know, Philip Deal may be the guy who can take Jake McGee's roster spot. I've mentioned before that Tyler Kinley could be the guy who takes Brian Shaw's roster spot. And he had his first trouble, really, of the spring. He'd been so good. I think he'd issued one walk, and that was the only base runner so far. This in his fifth inning got into a, a little bit of a jam. Uh, he gave up a walk, a couple of singles. Uh, after he walked the guy, he picked him off, showcasing a really good move, by the way. So that was kind of interesting. Usually a, a great pickoff move isn't like a differentiating factor for a starting pitcher. But still, it's nice to know when a guy's got something like that in his toolkit. And, you know, then he gave up the two singles. So, uh, you know, you got runners at the corners with one away. And he got a couple of big strikeouts, throwing almost exclusively his slider. You know, it was funny in the outing before that, we talked to Tyler, and he had put away the slider for one. He's like, I know I can get people out with my slider, but I'm really trying to work on this other stuff. I'm trying to compete. I'm trying to win. But, you know, it was the one thing that we were trying to maybe saying, eh, I don't need to just throw a ton of sliders. And then he got into this jam, and it was pretty clear. It was like, well, I'm going to show him that when I'm in a jam, this is what I do to get out of it. And he did. He got, he got his two strikeouts. His ERA for the spring remains at, double checks his notes, 0. 0.00. That's pretty good. And you know what else is pretty good? The Colorado Raptors. It's so much fun to go to rugby games. I promise you'll enjoy it. Even if you have no idea what's going on, you'll learn a lot. You'll have fun. It's a great environment over at Infinity Park, and the team is good. It's always fun to root for a competitive team. So Colton Strickler is our guy here at DNVR. He takes you inside the locker room. He explains all the ins and outs of the game. He's absolutely fantastic. He's a great guy. He's really fun. Uh, he knows his stuff, obviously. That's the, whole, that's the whole point. We wouldn't have him doing this if he didn't. Uh, he's got an amazing community that is building over there at the DNVR Raptors uh, Twitter account and the podcast. So as soon as you're done listening to this, if you have even a passing interest, I promise you'll be entertained and you'll enjoy it. If you like sports, rugby is like this incredible amalgamation of all of the sports. I, I was just talking with someone about how natural it is that, you know, when you score in basketball, well, then the other team gets the ball. And when you score in football, then the other team gets the ball. But in rugby, you score, you get that thing right back. <laughs> you know, there's, but like there, and, and you can kind of understand the merits of that. And, and, it, and it's a great way to kind of look at all of the things we think about in sports and, and how they're kind of supposed to be because rugby is, it's like, and of course it comes, earlier it's not like someone just invented rugby and was like let's twist all of the other games around it's just a different interpretation of how to sport game how to sports ball and we're really excited to be getting involved with this at dnvr i'm going to be going to a ton of games if you're going to be out there let me know hit me up we'll have a party down there at infinity park it's a great time it's unbeatable for uh, an entertainment value like this if you're going to take your kids it's like five bucks to get into the game if you're taking your kids the tickets themselves i didn't even look they're not very expensive at all they got all kinds of cool gear you can buy i'm telling you get on board now with this colorado raptors rugby team give them a shot you're not going to regret it
Speaking of giving and or taking some shots, let's talk a bit about the offense for your Colorado Rockies today. Over in Glendale against the White Sox, they hit four home runs. You got solo shots from Ian Desmond and Drew Butera and David Dahlm. Uh, Butera, man, he's having a nice spring. We've talked about him. He continues to hit. That backup catcher battle has been interesting. That's two days in a row with home runs. No, I'm sorry, two game, two games in a row with home runs for Butera. And then it's, uh, you know, a second one for Desmond and a second one for Dahl, neither of whom are hitting especially well this spring. Desi's been all right. Dahl, uh, he's had a lot of line drives going right at guys. He did strike out three times in the game, so he wasn't having a great game overall, but I'm not even in a little bit concerned about David Dahl's ability to hit baseballs. Um, you know, he, he you're working stuff out this time of year, and that's always got to be caveats with all of the statistics that I'm giving today. So even when I'm running away, look how great so-and-so's been. Yeah, we got, a, we got plenty of spring to go, but still... I mean, you got to at least look at the stuff. Uh, Sam Hilliard hit another just absolute ridiculous screaming monster shot. And again, you know, he's had his strikeout issues this spring. But I don't know. It's it's always funny to me when, when people bring that up. And I know he cut down on him a little bit at the end of last year. And so people are maybe hoping that he had turned the corner and he's going to be this player that is going to hit. I don't know, 300 and on base 400 and hit 40 home runs and steal 30 bases. And like, look, that would be dope if he turned out to be Mickey Mantle. Like, that would be really cool. But I like a scenario where Sam Hilliard hits 260 and strikes out 200 times, but hits 25 or 30 home runs and steals 20 or 25 bases and plays really good defense for you is a plus. Like, Getting too carried away, in my view. No, no, he does need to work on striking out less. He's got to cut down on that, but not at the expense of doing what he did today, which is hitting a ball that has yet to land. That thing was scorched. And, um, you know, it's funny. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a little story. <laughs> funny thing. I got roasted by Dick Monfort today. Maybe I should have opened with that. <laughs> this is a, what happened. It was a very brief interaction. And my phone, this will surprise none of you, is just busted to hell. Um, and, and we go down at the end of spring training games, and we usually sit in the front row right before the, they end. Uh, because as soon as the game ends, they open the gate and we do our post-game interview with Bud Black on the field as opposed to in a press room somewhere under the stadium like at the regular season. So we're just sitting there waiting for today's game to wrap up. I didn't even realize I sat right in front of Dick Monfort and I'm looking at my phone and he just goes, that thing has seen better days. <laughs> and I couldn't help but chuckle. And then the next words out of his mouth were, did you see the ball that Hilliard hit today? <laughs> just, and, and that's the kind of thing, you know, First of all, and then he wanted to see if I saw that Rodgers had two hits and that Philip Deal was, well, dealing. We're, look, that's not, that's going to be unavoidable, like the story stuff. If Deal starts to deal, we're all doing it forever. Um, but, man, he was really locked in in both games. Meanwhile, he's cheering on Jesus Tinoco to finish out the game and telling him great pitch and clapping his hands. And it, it was an interesting uh, but brief encounter and... 
yeah, he's looking over at Sam Hilliard like the rest of us going, holy cow. Even when he steps into the batter's box, you're like, get a load of the size of this guy. And um, I'm very excited to see where it goes. And the big thing for me right now is, like, as long as he's not striking out so often that he's not producing anything, as long as he's not, you know, 40%, even 30% of the time, while that's high, there are lots of great sluggers who strike out close to that or have at times. You want to bring it down. Nobody wants to strike out. And there are times that Sam has even been able to cut down on his swing and still hit a home run. Buddy talked to us about that today. He mentioned specifically Josh Hader last year. So learn to do that more. Yeah. Could he build himself into that type of player we were talking about before? A guy who could challenge to hit 300? If he cut, if he start, struck out 20% of the time and didn't lose any of his power, he would become one of the most valuable bats in the national league and so i get why people want that but let's not put the bar too high for this young man who's played one month of major league baseball and get too crazy over the things he can't do and forget to watch him hit laser beams into the stands play fantastic defense and run the bases with near elite level speed yeah you know if he stops hitting then you reevaluate but until then uh, I'm, i might just stick with it. it it looks pretty good to me uh so those were the home runs in that game two home runs at the game i was at in scottsdale tony wolters check out your boy a three rbi day pulls one through the right side early on and a nice bit of more wolters style hitting something that i think we could expect to see and again he's making good contact this spring he's hitting the ball to all fields Low line drives, hard ground balls. It's it's the Tony Wolters approach. Though I, I was a bit surprised when he he went out and got that home run, and it was a no doubter to right field. I mean, he really got into it, and I don't know who it was off of. It might have been you know a double A pitcher. I, I'd really have to double check that. We talk about those kinds of things a lot, and I'm not going to start making predictions that ooh could he add pop? You know, if he hits three or four or five home runs this spring. Let's have a conversation. But for now, it's just fun to see. <laughs> you always got to enjoy when Tony Wolters uh, goes yard, uh, especially because it came right after that inning where the Rockies put up eight runs. Now, they did it mostly with the team offensive approach that, you know, again, you can't get carried away with saying, hey, they've figured this out. That's not the analysis here. The analysis here is if they can play offense the way they did today not that getting eight runs in one inning the approach guys were very patient at the plate no one was trying to do too much except the captain who's allowed to do what he wants and hit the ball 700 feet um but singles and singles and singles chris owings threw out a double his strong spring continues i'm thinking of him as sort of the philip deal on the position player side, somebody who coming in I, I didn't think was going to make the opening day roster, who I'm looking at him going, I think he's probably going to make the opening day roster. I could see him, you know, he's kind of my leading candidate right now for the 26th spot. The question, I don't know who's going to be left out. It's it's a battle between Josh Fuentes, Sam Hilliard, and Jonathan Daza for 
one spot in my mind. Um, but it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good battle. And Owings, you know, got involved again. He had a double off the wall. Tapia with another multi-hit day. That's two days in a row where he's had two hits and at least one of them going for extra bases. He's leading off uh, two days in a row, got the double in the first inning, ended up coming around on a ball in the dirt and a Trevor Story sack fly. And then at the end of all those singles and, uh, you know, good offensive approach and going with the pitch and not trying to do too much and taking what they give you and going, you know, sort of station to station, maybe on the on the Walters hit, a couple of guys moved in and scored. And then you take your shot and Nolan Arenado hits one into the next stadium's bleachers and you get your three-run jack and that's how you your offense needs to work. <laughs> that's basically, that's the formula. Now, can they do that against better pitchers than what the Royals trotted out there today? That's going to be the question, but with all the talk about plate discipline and patience and swinging at fewer pitches out of the zone and, you know, kind of taking what you can get and not just waiting around to hit the big home run, stringing together hits and innings. That's what they need to do. Uh, Daniel Murphy with another, he got the whole thing started with a single. His contact rate has been fantastic this spring. Those are the little things they can do to squeeze out uh, more wins than, <laughs> well, than they did a year ago, certainly to be sure. Um, you know, Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects. Since 1972, they've provided the highest quality of product from custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber to custom contract manufacturing, and custom hoses. Snow is here, and it's staying on the ground. It's going to be gone soon, but, oh, well, not here where I am, down here in Phoenix, but back there. Y'all got some snow, I heard. The day we drove down, it snowed back home. And so you've got to get your one-stop shop for anything snow plows, Denver Rubber Company. The blades can be cut to any length and slotted for mounting to meet your exact specifications. Use uh, Denver Rubber Company custom makes all of it, and you can purchase products for yourself and, of course, buy it bulk at a fantastic rate. Locally owned since 1972, be sure to call them today. For any snowplow needs, custom gasket, hoses, etc., at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash dnvr and tell them who sent you. So for just a couple of final thoughts for these few games and then, uh, you know, I'm hoping to have a bunch of guests so you, you don't just have to listen to me get maybe far too analytical about March spring training baseball games that don't count. Uh, <laughs> I talked to John Gray today and, and set up a time. No, not really set up a time. That's not how we operate. Uh, he, he said, yeah, next time he was about to go lift weights. Uh, and he said he only had about 10 minutes and he was like, I'd rather, you know, if I'm going to come on the pod, <laughs> do 15 or 20 or whatever. So I was like, yeah, let's do that. Uh, I'm going to find him in the next couple of days to, have a chat, you know, be on the lookout for these exclusive articles. Like I said, I, I talked to Kyle Freeland about Ubaldo Jimenez. That was a really good conversation. Uh, that was fun to do. Uh, I've talked to Carlos Estevez about coming into this season with a little bit of, of a different mindset, uh, actually kind of a similar conversation to the one that I had with Ryan McMahon. Uh, I'll have all of that stuff out hopefully here 
in the next couple of days. I also want to get, uh, you know, if any of you have some feedback. I don't know if you've noticed, but we've changed the game recaps around a little bit in terms of their formatting. Uh, I, I hope that's working out for you. I, I think I'm liking the way that it's going, so let me know if you like uh, the recaps. And also this Diamond Details series where we're giving you bullet points of information you know, without narrative so that we can focus more in our feature pieces on some other things. I'd really love to hear uh, your thoughts on all of that and on Minor League Monday. I've been enjoying listening to Patrick Lyons break down the minor leagues. I hope you've been enjoying that. So uh, whatever comments or feedback you may have on these things is, you know, we're, we're kind of in our spring training too, trying to figure some things out, figure out what's the best kind of stories to get to you. I want to I want to know what you want to hear about. What do you want me to be asking the guys about? Do you want to hear more about their personal lives away from the diamond and and what they're doing with their dogs and their family? What kind of movies and music they're listening to or do you want to hear more from them specifically on their game and their mechanics and their workouts and their diet and you know, there, there's just so much here, and obviously I'm going to have the things that I'm most interested in, and Patrick is going to have the things that he's most interested in, but our number one goal, like our mission statement always here at this company since I've been here from almost the very, very beginning has been to be as accessible to you as is humanly possible. That's why I said the other day, you know, anyone, if you see me out at the park, and you want to come say hello, it is never a bother. If you just want to holler from across the way, I'll holler back and wave, and I won't be insulted that you didn't stop and say hello. I'm here for you, the Rockies fan, and not just you know to say my stuff at you. I want to know what you want to hear about. How can we make your Rockies fan experience that much better? Uh, do you want more video content? Do you want to hear more from the manager? Obviously, there's going to be certain things I'm not going to be able to do. I'm sure, hey, would you like me to talk to Jeff Breidich once a week on the podcast and ask him how he's running things? There's going to be certain things I'm not able to do. Would you be interested in profiles of the people uh, you know, around the ballpark who do other things? Uh, the clubhouse manager, a guy named Tiny, he's absolutely fantastic. Uh, Bullpen catchers, Aaron Munoz is a great guy. Um, there's all would you Keith Duggar? Do you want to hear from him? So, any idea you've got, DNVR Rockies is yours. You want to see something on the site? Hit me up at Drew Creaseman at Patrick D. Lyons. Let him know. DNVR underscore Rockies. Email us. But the best way is to leave a comment on the site. I will 100% see those. And if you leave a comment on the site and it's a really, you know, a legitimate thing, you want me to go and ask a player, a manager, you want me to ask Bud Black your question, leave a comment on the site. And if it's a good question, I will do it. That's what we're here to do is to make sure that we can enhance your experience of being a Rockies fan any way possible. So... I'm going to jump into all of that over these next couple of weeks, but I'm still formulating, you know, we're, we're getting concrete here, like the ball players, like the team itself, our plans for the season. But I, I want to hear as much feedback here in the next couple of weeks so that we can give you 
the the season of coverage that you deserve because you are the wind beneath our wings and all of those other wonderful cliches. You really are. I mean, we, we literally cannot do this without you. And our number one goal is making sure that you're getting what you need and you're getting just what you want. Let us know. I really appreciate it. Thank you all so much for listening into this episode. Be sure to check for the next one tomorrow. It'll be there. Maybe a little bit late because there's a lot of stuff going on. But podcasts and articles now every single day on the dnvr.com. So make sure you're subscribed to the podcast, to the website. Make sure you've got yourself some fancy, fun merch. If you haven't subscribed yet, by the way, you get a free T-shirt if you... And there are uh, ladies' shirts now, and they're super awesome. Uh, I'm really glad that we were finally able to do that. Um, so make sure you head to the locker, check all that stuff out. You can get a free one, like I said, if you haven't subscribed to the site yet. That's a really good way to get yourself set up with everything we've got going on. Make sure you've got some cool swag so that when you show up to the ball game, you look better than everybody else, which I'm sure you probably do anyway. But if you're rocking that DNVR gear, you're definitely looking better than everybody else. And tag me in photos of yourself wearing our gear. I will retweet it. We are here to celebrate you just as much as you may be here to celebrate the Rockies. So thank you all so much for hanging out. I hope you will continue to be absolutely awesome. I promise you that I will at least continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark. This episode of the DNVR Rockies podcast was brought to you by The Green Solution. They've got 18 Colorado locations, and it is the place to get marijuana, edibles, concentrates, you name it. Download the app or go to mygreensolution.com and use code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. It's quick. It's easy to use. Those 18 locations are in the metro area, so there's probably one right near you. They've got an express checkout, which has you in and out in no time, no lines, no waiting, best prices for the best quality. Remember, download the app or go online to mygreensolution.com and use code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase.